Hey there, thank you for joining us for Six Degrees of Study, an uneducational podcast. Today we have Val Schaefer, Community Development Officer with Mission Australia, who's been in the Tari community since 1997 to take up a job with Council. We want to show you how it's highly likely there's only six degrees of separation between you, the career, and the life you want. This is the Six Degrees Podcast. Hello Val, thank you so much for joining us. I'll just quickly introduce, my name is Donna Ballard. I'm just been appointed as the CEO of Tari University's campus. So I'm very keen to hear stories of other local people, um, their story of study really, so that people can relate to that. So thank you Val for being here today. Thank you Donna, you're new, I'm new. (laughs) I've only just recently started my new role as well with Mission Australia and working closely on the Mid Coast for Kids initiative and also Communities for Children, so new roles for both of us. Congratulations to you, we're both in the uh, area of educating children I guess and looking after the future generations. Exactly, it's a good place to be. (laughs) It is, I agree, I agree. So we're going to talk about your study path but before we do that perhaps just let us know where you currently stand, I guess, in your professional career, which you've just introduced, um, but just personally, what stage of life you're at and so that people can relate to um, where you're at. Yes, certainly. Well, I'm now a woman in my 50s, not afraid to say it. (laughs) It's a great place to be and uh, feeling very comfortable uh, in that area. And professionally, I've basically, as I said, I've just started a new position with Mission Australia and it's very exciting to be starting a new role, Um, particularly in very difficult economic circumstances as well when we know that jobs are so hard to come by. Um, So I feel very blessed, really, to be able to have a new role. Um, And just prior to that, I've had an exciting last five years working with ABC, our local ABC, and I've been a program producer and reporter and I've just come off um, an emergency broadcasting role during the dreadful black summer bushfire period. So I was appointed the New South Wales ACT emergency broadcasting coordinator. So basically pulling together all the, the great emergency broadcasting coverage you would have seen and heard on the local radio. And Um, I just know, you know, for the community, it just seems the ABC radio really is the place that people go to when those conditions are happening. You just feel like Mm -hmm. that's going to be your source of truth, I guess. Yes, and all the surveys and all the questionnaires and and the community constantly tell us that that we're the most trusted source, ABC, so that I feel very privileged to have had that role as well during that really, you know, those really dark and difficult days that we faced um, both in our state and other states. So, yeah, that was my most recent role with ABC, but it's been an absolute pleasure to, um, I call it, go back to my roots because my career actually started in journalism. Mm -hmm. That was my first job. I had a cadetship with my local paper in Armidale, the Armidale Express, and I had a lot of, uh, and since then I've had public relations roles and tourism marketing roles, um, as Kyle mentioned in the introduction, Greater Tari City Council when I first moved to Tari, the Manning Valley in 97. So to come back full circle over these last five years to my media career has been fantastic. It, it's really you know, been a great grounding as well. And now, back into a community, well, more of a community development role, working yeah. here you know, growing and supporting and helping my local community, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's a feel-good thing, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So uh, with your study path, all, the, all of those careers you've mentioned seem very much public relations, media. Does that relate to your degree, your study path? Was it that 
plan that you had even in high school that that's where you were going to end up? I guess rewind us a bit and, and I, what I'm guess keen to know is often at high school you have this plan of what you're going to do with your life and sometimes things get varied a little bit and that's the interesting part of life I guess but has it been a straightforward process for you straight from high school through to study? No, no, not really. <laughs> not in terms of study, but in terms of knowing what I wanted to do, that was more straightforward. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, just a basic gut feeling um, and play to your strengths, I think. And getting back to that, I was hopeless at maths. <laughs> Anything mathematical or scientific, I was absolutely hopeless at. Um, and prior to that, you know, I, was, I wasn't doing well in learning in my primary school years. In fact, I was placed in a learning difficulty class. Wow. Um, and unfortunately, um, that came as a result of a dysfunctional family um, background mm-hmm. um, and a disadvantaged background as well, um, which you know I'm getting to learn more about right now in my current role with Midcoast for Kids in terms of you know what that you know that early childhood development, the immense role that it plays and how it you know obviously has a huge bearing on our, our future predictabilities. So you know I wasn't good in um, in primary school, but in high school I really began to flourish. And, I think and maybe that was because of the assistance from that, you know, the teacher recognising, I guess, and, and getting those learning difficulties sorted for you in primary school, perhaps. And yes, and yeah. more consistency, yeah. I think. And obviously some of the dysfunctional family problems had, you know, eased off quite a bit by that stage. And I can now, you know, see the patterns that emerged through that period, but I certainly understand why I had learning difficulties in primary <laughs> school. So to me, in high school... You know, going to university just never entered into my head. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, you know, get a reasonably good mark in my high school certificate. But it was around year, it was about year eight, year nine, I knew I wanted to be a reporter, a news yep. reporter. And it was based on, yes, I was not good at maths and science. <laughs> and I remember I had a career book and it was sitting, you know, in one of the rooms at school and I had, I went through every page of that career book to see what career didn't involve two-unit maths or any maths and science. And I came across journalism. And and also just prior to that, there was this TV show. It's going to sound really corny. It was called The American Girls. And I think it only had about six episodes. <laughs> and we didn't get many TV programs in Armidale or even in Tari and regional, you know, New South Wales. I think you had your choice of two TV channels watching growing up. That is true. And... Um, and this six-part series was on the American Girls and they were two journalists that were going around America doing investigative journalism and solving crimes along the way. I saw that and I said, that's what I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so every time people ask me, how did you know what you want to be, what you wanted to be, what you wanted to do with your career, I wanted to be an investigative journalist like those two girls going around in that cool motorhome caravan, <laughs> motorhome around America solving crime and writing about it. And that was pretty much how I based my career decision. And it was just, again, playing to my strengths. I was really good at English. I was really good. I loved, you know, essays and essay writing. I loved writing. And that's where I derived most of my good marks in my high school certificate. I think I did four units of history. might have been five, actually. It was three units of one history, ancient history, and two units of modern history and lots of English. And So, yeah, that's where I made up my marks. But in terms of thinking about university, going straight from school to university never entered, you know, my thought pattern. I just wanted a cadetship. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get a job at the local paper. 
and did, Diamond and, Express. And did that happen? It did happen. The very <laughs> the very year after Year 12? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was working uh, casually part-time at Kmart, as a lot of kids do, and basically uh, cadetship came up in the April after I'd completed, you know, after I'd finished that, that year. And oh, there were hundreds of people that went through it because that, this was 1985 and... 85 has a lot of similar feelings to what we're going through now. There was a really severe drought in 85. We were just going in, about to go into recession and jobs were really hard to come by and things were really going downhill. So there was lots of competition for jobs, let alone cadetships that were like the golden egg. (laughs) And I remember um, when I, I got offered the position and the managing director said to me, I'll never forget his words, he said, well, he said, we have had an amazing field of candidates. They had HSC results that could have landed them jobs with NASA. (laughs) And he said, but you've landed the job because you've already shown that you really love it and you're passionate about it because I'd done work experience there and I kept going back yeah. and I kept annoying them and I kept <laughs> writing and handing in, you know, stories and this is happening at school and I just – I had a relationship yeah. with that newspaper mm-hmm. and I'd already shown what I could do yeah. and that's what landed me the job. So yeah. that's how I started in journalism and it was oh, probably six, seven years later – um, then when my editor, who had then, I'd changed newspapers, it moved to a different newspaper, and then had started going to work at University of New England, I'd followed my newspaper, my former newspaper editor, out there to UNE, and was working in the information office, so the public affairs, public relations office, and my editor, who was a real mentor to me, and and this is another really important part, I think, of your your career, if you can find someone that you you know really inspirational and that can inspire you and you can say gee I like the style of that person I like the behaviors they model I love their their zest for their career follow them Mm. because that lady took me under her wings and she guided me and it was her that said Val you need to get a university degree Mm. you've got the training and you've got the experience now under your belt seven years but she said you need to formalize those practical skills that you've learned and she said knowledge is power yeah and we've heard that many times (laughs) many times I'm sure and uh and Oprah she she uses it a lot as well she says knowledge is power and when you know better you do better and I I sort of thought oh I still resisted for some time but she kept on to me you need it get, you know, enrol, get into the university degree. That's when I started exploring what I wanted to do and what degree I wanted. So I selected University of Southern Queensland. Um, and, and so by now you're late 20s? Is yes, it that yes, yep. I was 29. Mm-hmm. And I decided I wanted, major, I wanted to major in public relations. I could have done a communications degree where I was working, which was on campus at UNE, because I was working in a public relations communications role with the then student union at UNE, but UNE didn't offer a major in public relations. So I thought Toowoomba, great. Four hours up the road from... It'll be easy for residential schools. And just after that, I applied for a job in Taree, tourism promotions at Greater Taree City Council, and I was offered that role. So Toowoomba 
then became a long way <laughs> from Tari. But uh, it was a great university. So studying externally and still working. And, uh, yeah, fond memories of those early days in the degree, the tutorials or the tele-tutorials, they'd arrive. If you didn't make them, you'd have the cassette sent to you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All your books were sent to you. Um, it was before, obviously, the internet. Or I, just as the internet was starting to be born and emails. Uh, and, and coming from a, working at a UNE campus was more, well, that's where the internet began at university. Yeah. So I was actually using email before I moved over here um, to Tari, but yeah, not quite as up to the internet or emails here. So yeah, books would arrive in the mail. Um, I, I can relate to that because I remember there was always a bit of a rush where you had to actually order your books in time to make sure that your book was going to arrive in the mail. <laughs> you know, yeah. It just all seems so foreign now. We had to be so much more organised, I think, and plan ahead to exactly. <laughs> make sure the textbooks arrived at the so you could study in time. Yes, yeah. and something we were talking about earlier, Donna, um, we fond memories of the Cundletown Post Office yes. because where I worked was at the Manning Valley Visitors Centre and that became my go-to place. They stayed open till 5.30 and literally you had to get your assignment date stamped, time stamped to say that it was sent off and you made that assignment deadline. deadline yeah. And I remember when I first went to my orientation at Toowoomba at University of Southern Queensland and there was one of the, the – oh, she was the heads, heads of the area of um, – of the faculty, and she stood up and she said, and remember, assignments are like tr bus and train timetables. They have to leave on time. You must meet them or you miss the bus, miss the train. And very authoritative voice. And, it well, it resonated with me. Well, it was <laughs> it true. for me. It was the deadline <laughs> and, you know, you'd put all that hard work in. You had to get to the post office in time. I absolutely remember finishing things off at the very last minute and racing off but I can relate to that as well. I guess it's the same. You've got to send your email in now at the right time. So, yeah. Mm. But I love studying externally and I, it, it was a lot of pressure um, working a full-time role, um, particularly a new role when you're trying to put your mark on a new position and there was a lot of work to be done in terms of tourism promotion and marketing here in the Manning Valley mm. in the late 90s and leading up to the Sydney Olympics as well, the year 2000. So there was a lot of work to be done. But, you know, I found that studying externally helped my professional role and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Everything I did in my professional role in tourism and marketing also fed in and informed my university degree. Mm. They were just – they went hand in glove, really. Yeah, so you've actually found, I guess, then that studying – you know, while you're working can actually help rather than doing the degree, then going to work. You were doing both at once. and Yes. Did it take you a lot longer to finish your degree because you were sharing your time with full-time work as well? It did. Yeah. And I gave my permission, myself permission, to have that time. Yeah. I decided I didn't want to have it completed within three, four years. I only bid off a few units at a time mm -hmm. per semester um, and I also, you know, I'm a perfectionist. I wanted good marks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and coming from that, you know, that dysfunctional family background, there's always that voice in, in my head, at least, that I want to achieve. I've got to be successful. I'm yeah. going to, you know, get good marks. And you get a bit of a taste for it as well. And once you, you know, I, you know, I worked out the basics of you get your in-text referencing and your essay writing down pat and then you go, 
wow, I think I can do this. I'm really liking this. This is great. I think it's that referencing. You know, that referencing is the first thing that scared me. I was like, (laughs) how am I going to do this right? And to think that you could lose a stack of marks just for not having the right referencing, it's like, oh. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the, the pressure I remember really the most, trying to get that right. But uh, even in my professional career, great, so many great examples that I could use back into my essays and my assignments. Like if I didn't have my professional career and, and what I was doing in those days in tourism, I don't think I would have got the marks that yeah. I actually did. Yeah. And I could have achieved and put so much into it because they were great real-life examples and experiences. Yeah, so, yeah, like you're saying, one really fed the other. You wouldn't, mm. have, got, you wouldn't have got the job without being on that path with that degree, perhaps, because it related so much to it. Mm. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been able to put the plans in place for tourism here in the Manning Valley and do the marketing plans and, you know, do all the work I did with the industry sector without that formal knowledge mm. and that process and the systems that you're taught yeah. in a marketing degree communications and and also public relations yeah i guess now looking back on all of that um we always ask people is there something that you wish someone had have told you at the beginning of that journey that would have kind of helped you get through it or made you realize what you were doing was worthwhile is there any kind of aha moment i guess from the past that you wish you had have known more about now don't take it too seriously yeah enjoy it (laughs) i think um you we all can put a lot of pressure on ourselves and sometimes it's just a matter of going this because I, I really loved university. Like I look back so fondly on those experiences and also going to residential schools. I think I would have gone to more residential schools had I known how beneficial they were. I absolutely loved being on campus and having that one-on-one with your lecturer and also the camaraderie and the interactions and the networking with you know the other students that mm. were also going through the same things as you were yeah and we're also facing the same difficulties yeah of, you know didn't make the tele tele um tutorial and you know getting your cassettes and doing your assignments and getting them out on time and you know that one was really hard this one wasn't so bad oh you know all of that yeah you know, all of those interactions but loved those residential schools so have more fun and go to the residential schools yeah good advice (laughs) and I guess what you're referring to there like with the Tara University's campus it's um, our aim to really have a cohort of people studying together so there might be you know five or ten people studying the same course that can then come and use the space and work together and have that that team approach I guess to feel like you've got other people helping you get through yeah Um, so we're really keen to set that up Um, we've got some yeah, some good ideas for what might happen next year in, in 2021. So That would have been so great. Yeah. If, if I had have had that, I would have been right there just to be able to bounce some ideas yeah. off, you know, other people that are also studying the same course. Yeah. And also to have access to just resources. Yeah. You know, uh, we were also earlier talking about just getting books. Like I remember, you know, just finding books about marketing public relations back then was so difficult um, and unless you went, you know, and ordered them from a bookshop. But, yep. um, you know, access Which to resources. Which were expensive. Exactly. The textbooks were so expensive. $100, $150 a book. So having access to those resources at a Tara University's campus mm. is, is just going to be it priceless yeah we, we just can't wait to see what changes we can make locally you know it'll be something that might we may not see the changes for a few years but I just can't wait to see what what happens from this mm. so 
Thank you so much for your insights, Val. It's been fabulous speaking to you and I can totally relate to so much of this because we're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so thank much you, Donna. for, for your, your pleasure. In, input. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Six Degrees podcast. This podcast is produced by Upbound Business Consultants and is brought to you by Tari University's campus. Based on the New South Wales Barrington Coast, TUC is a hub for supporting distance education study for university students with campus facilities, mentoring, postgrad career opportunities and more. If you'd like to share your story, you can send us an email at podcast at tariuni.org.au and let us know your unconventional road to a degree. Until next time.